Revolting is produced by The Cycling Independent, with the support of subscribers like you and additional underwriting from Shimano North America. We are community-focused, community-supported, and dedicated to the whole of cycling. Always remember, at The Cycling Independent, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. is revolting it's steve and robot on the cycling independent episode 68 the million dollar question content warning the show is called revolting for a reason if you have delicate sensibilities or you're afflicted with some terminal case of maturity you should not listen to this podcast you won't like it everyone else just chill out for a minute while the grown-ups leave the room thank you Moving on. Uh, so I always feel like we get into like a quick recap of like what brought us here. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I, so robot was texted me and, um, I was like, Oh, we're going to do rapid fire questions. And we're going to you know, like, we're going to have this whole new format we're going to try out. And so last night I was furiously writing all of this stuff down in my book. And then I got the notes and, all of the work, I guess, is for later on, and today is just the same old shit. So good for us. I, you, it's, you know, you didn't fully read the thing that I wrote with all the nuance and subtleties. The thing that you wrote for this week, or that did you text me about? No, that when we were texting about what we were doing today, oh. I said, "Oh, we'll do this. I'll send you notes, but start writing things for next week." Oh, I didn't see the next week part. Uh, I think in any text communication, I um, I read like every other word. I don't. Mm. So, uh, my friend Jim Potter at Vecchio's in Boulder, Colorado. Bike shop. Uh, yeah. Not he, a pizza place. No. No. Vecchio's bicycle shop. He sent... Like, I get uh, a, a fair number of people on Instagram uh, just send me videos. Like, send me clips. And, um, you know, it's almost as if I don't look through, uh, randomly scroll through endless clips myself, and I probably have seen everything on Instagram. And it's like, ah... Uh, I'm just not even watching them anymore. I don't give a shit. Like you're just wasting your time sending me stuff unless it's something really spectacular. I don't want it. So now my go-to response is too long. Didn't watch. Uh, and yeah. he's like, well, I thought my attention span was bad. It's only 10 seconds long. And I'm like, I don't care. I don't, I'm not going to watch it. If it's important, <laughs> fucking email me, send me a postcard with the URL. Otherwise I don't oh. give a fuck. I feel that way. And it might just be the time of year or my depressive nature, but I'm, I feel that way about everything. Like I, I, something happened a month or two, two or three months back where I, I just suddenly became not interested in social media. Mm. Like I'm not, po- I don't post things anymore. I don't, I look, I look cause I want to keep up with a few of my friends, I guess, but I'm kind of like. I don't know. I like this. All the air just went out of it for me. I don't know why. There's nothing. It's totally. There's to, there's nothing to in interest people. You know what I mean? And it's like there. Like there's this one woman uh, I recently discovered. She makes these really amazing ceramic pieces, and I was in, I was interested in that. And then I looked at her feed, and it's like eighty five percent pictures that she's taken of herself. I don't fucking care. Like, I want to see your work. I don't give a shit about your face. It's, I, I hate selfies. I mean, I fucking hate selfies. An occasional portrait or whatever. And this mm. is another thing, like, if people had to pay for film processing, there would be, there wouldn't be selfies. But it's so instantaneous. There's a really funny Australian comic, uh, and he goes on this rant about, like, taking pictures of yourself. And then the next thing you think is, you know what? I bet people would be pretty interested in this. I mean, it absolutely, I know, I want to know what you make. I want to know what you generate. I want to know what you write. I want to know what you draw or paint or sculpt. 
I want to see skateboard clips and bike clips. You know, I don't fucking care about your face. It's just, it's just, and it's, it's so, it fosters this, um, it fosters this, uh, narcissism that I just can't stomach anymore. And so when I open it up it's just like, oh, cool. It's just, you know, and it could be argued, I'm sure it, it could totally be argued that everything that I do is just like, oh, it's just another fucking storyline you know it's just it's just pe- pictures of people's living their best lives and whatever it's not it's not realistic it's not practical uh then you end up consciously or subconsciously unconsciously rather no subconsciously uh comparing your existence to those that you see and man it's sunny there man they're on vacation or man he's got a better body than me or man he's a better skateboarder than me and uh you know like theodore roosevelt said i think he said it First, uh, comparison is the thief of joy. It just empties your tanks. It's, I, I don't like, I don't like it either, but it's an unfortunate tool in my business model. So I have to engage. Well, it probably is in mine too, but I'm still not engaging because I don't know. I don't, I don't have that much great to say. And if I, if I'm out riding my bike and I see, and I'm doing a good thing, I want to do the good thing. I don't want to be recording it for posterity there's a little bit of um it's probably just a mood i'm in yeah Uh, maybe that mood is just being tired of the bullshit (laughs) that's fine i'm tired of everything um (laughs) john lucero's big on uh you know he's like go skating you know don't document it don't take pictures yeah it's okay to do it sometimes but you know like be present in the experience and try to do that more often but I think that's where I'm at because I have, I don't have a ton of rhythm or momentum in any of my activities right now. Mm -hmm. Like everything, I'm kind of fighting for everything, which is fine. Like, you know, you get to those points in your life where you're just kind of like fighting to get on the bike, fighting to get out the door, all of that. Um, but, but so I, yeah, I just want to, I just, I don't want to produce a product about it. I just want to go out and do it and try to find what's good in it to carry me forward. Yeah. It's a tricky line to walk for sure. You know, like working within a digital realm and I need to promote my business and I need to promote myself as a figure in this business who kind of, you know, walks the walk. And, um, you know, I had a a real hard uh, internal look at myself after I had a pretty bad bike crash in 2015 in which I, uh, it was a lateral hyperextension of my right leg. And I watched the entire right, the like bottom part of my leg below my knee bend sideways at a, you know, right angle, Gross. big pop and tore everything. And I was laid up, you know, after that. And it was a long, there was a, another crash that happened after that, where I got pretty, pretty bad laceration. And then I got a skin infection and then I got shingles. And so I was sick and injured for pretty much an entire year. And I was thinking I'm a fraud, you know, what do I, how do I promote? What do I write about? What do I promote on my site or what do I promote on the arms of my site when I'm just like, I'm recovering and, and how much of my identity is wrapped up in what I do and how do I spend this? So um, I can continue to have the, this, these conversations with these conversations, be, albeit, you know, v- virtual conversations, um, with, with re- the readership or whatever. I don't know. I just felt like a, I felt like a real fraud and that was a hard thing to battle. I get that. I get that. Um, I think I think there's something very reductionist about social media, right? Like you're 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 meant to or there's the a strong uh, drive to present something coherent. Mm-hmm. Um but like my life isn't that coherent. <laughs> mm-hmm. My my thoughts and ideas aren't that coherent. My bike riding isn't that coherent. Um oh, I stopped and looked at this rain ditch for 20 minutes. Check it out. 
I don't know. That's not a thing. I don't know. Um, I guess and it's, it's not all sunrises and and you know. Applebee's is that what we're gonna say? Apple yeah, sunrises say and Applebee's. Applebee's. I was gonna say that. It's a real. Um, it's a. It's a. It's a real tricky line to walk um, where you're being, you know, true to yourself and you're, you're trying to, you know, in, and in some instances, and then there's the the whole like influencer angle, like, well, I need to, I need to make a living by being me monetizing being me and my fitness vlog or monetize being. And I mean, again, I get it. Like that's, I, that's what I've done. I can't, I'm not, slamming anybody for trying to to make a living uh or to to monetize being themselves because having a job if you're going to be working for anybody you should be working for yourself and starting a brick and mortar where you sell carpet remnants or whatever you know that's not necessarily easy this is what you do with what you have available and what you have available is you and your insight and your physical ability or unfortunately in a lot of instances your physical appearance and uh i don't i don't know i so now we're just talking and i'm like talking myself into a hole because i know there's not a point there's not an answer i guess i just it's, it's too well, well okay here's a here's a an, an exchange i had with a guy who has like a vintage bmx feed on instagram i can't remember the the handle but he's got this amazing collection of old jerseys and helmets and really, really pimped out, you know, 80s era bikes. And he grew up in Crested Butte, Colorado. And we started discussing, I asked him if he knew some people who raced BMX from my hometown and, you know, like what races he went to and stuff. It was kind of a small world. We were the same age. Um, and he was talking about the impressions that are made on us, like looking through old issues of BMX Action Magazine or old Thrasher magazines. And you read the captions. You, I remember captions to photos. I remember images. And all of this stuff is like indelibly burned into my brain. And it, the observation he was making is that in this sort of rapid fire society in which we live, where everything is newer and shinier and um, wh how much time do you spend looking through, um, social media or so let's just say Instagram, because that's a, a, a format that we're discussing or a platform that we're discussing. And in 25 years, you're going to think about this one image that you saw with this one caption that really made a huge impression that really lit a fire under you or created this fantasy about, you know, where did those trails go or where, what kind of road trip were they on or those bikes or somebody jumping off of a roof into a swimming pool all of that stuff made absolutely indelible irreversible foundational impressions on us and that doesn't exist anymore i mean i don't think it exists with social media <clears throat> well yeah i think back in the day there was a uh, a slow drip of awesome coming yeah. our way. Yeah. Like a monthly subscription or that's yeah, a, a fucking fire hose. It's a fire hose and it makes everything mean less. And mm -hmm. so I've kind of stopped posting because I'm like, this doesn't really, I'm not doing anything here uh, that, that is meaningful to me or to people. Like I think Instagram is, is sort of like playing a game. Oh, I wonder what people will think of this. Oh, yeah. well, that, you know, and then I'm like, uh, at the end of the day, I'm like, I don't, I don't actually give any shits what people think of that. Yeah. Like, it was awesome for me. Well, there's I don't the, need anyone else to participate. There are the studies that, that talk about dopamine production. Like, you get these little bursts of dopamine every message you get or comment you yeah, get yeah. or or like you get, and um, I can I can detect that. Hmm. And I want to be I want to be really careful. You know, it it feels good to give oneself a break, but it is such a slippery slope. I think that's true. I mean, the other thing that's going on is a thing going on with me, which is there are times 
there are periods in my walking around where I see beauty, right? Mm-hmm. Like you walk around and you just see something that might be conv- like you see beauty everywhere, right? You, you're sort of like you're tuned to it in a way. Um, and then for me, sometimes it just disappears and I'll go. I don't, it could be months actually when I'm not seeing, I'm just not seeing that way at all. And I don't know what that mechanism is or what's going on there, how that's related to social media. I don't know, except that I think social media, Instagram specifically, if you're participating all the time, it forces you into like framing your life in, you know, perfectly square (laughs) compositions. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm just not feeling any of it lately. That's great. I mean, <laughs> it should, I, in yeah. a perfect world, it would just, it just go away, you know? And, and like the places where we find that stoke or that excitement, you know, will get pared down, but it's really, I, I mean, it's not going to go away. So it's up to us to put those blinders on and say, I'm just going to, I'm going to make a fanzine. You know, I'm going to make a fanzine full of pictures and stories and captions that that are that are super inspiring to me. And I'm going to a hundred people are going to get to share this with me, you know. Well, this is exactly what's happening right now. So I and you to a degree are working on this project, uh, side project Mm -hmm. uh, with our buddy Bob Scales from Product of Bob Scales. Yes, we are. This is uh, uh, this is the first we've talked about it, but we're making a magazine. We're making a magazine what a, and what I a was cool talking, transition into promotion. <laughs> yeah, product, product promotion, <laughs> yes. You know what I love is a Kit Kat bar. <laughs> At a time like this, X-Lax is what gets me through. Um chocolatey X-Lax. Uh no, I was talking to Bob yesterday and we were talking about a certain aspect of the magazine and he's like, I don't know if anyone is going to find this interesting. Like I'm geeked on it, but I don't like this doesn't fit with the theme. It doesn't fit with this. It doesn't. Fit. I was like, who fucking cares? Who are we making this thing for? Right. Right. Like nope. I'm just somebody like minded people and like minded people are going to find it. You know, I mean, that's the rad thing is that it's a it's like a smoke signal, you know? A lot of people aren't going to like it, but, you know, a handful of people are going to be absolutely out of their mind over it. Maybe. Or maybe just I will. Maybe I'll just have it on my uh, next to the bed and I'll look at it before I go to bed at night and think, God, that's neat. No, it's I mean, it's just making it's making stuff and it's stories and it's photos and it's the the tactile experience of holding a a book. It's not your phone. It's not a. Yeah, laptop. It's like you 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 get to hold this thing that somebody labored over, and and I think I just I love that you know. And it could even be anything from a postcard onto a magazine, a fanzine, a painting, any of it. I just like it's always just the greatest thing to me. I I think so. There's going to be I know I'm not the only person who feels that way, and there's going to be we'll find 98 other people who feel that way. Probably we will. They'll be psyched. There's a certain, I think there's a certain whiplash, right? Because, uh, so I do cycling independent, which is stuff that I mostly want to do. And we do this podcast, which is, you know, uh, fully... not really anything either of us want to do. No, this is all I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is it. This is apex of how I want to spend my time. Um, but I think uh, a lot of my work is marketing paid, you know, I get paid to do, uh, write marketing copy and come up with ideas for stuff that people are going to be interested in. Mm-hmm. And so I spend a lot of my time thinking about what other people will respond to. And, and maybe I just am getting to a point where I'm like, I, I, I need, I need some aspects of my life where I'm just the full dork, full dork that I am. Uh, or just yeah. keep it to myself or just keep me to me. There's uh that is, I think there's a lot of power in that. Uh, but how, you know, and allow, allow the stuff that you keep totally personal and totally like selfishly yours. Um, yeah. k- k- at least keep some of that, you know, and it's kind of fun to, to let some sort of trickle out. I, I never, 
uh, cross-pollinated between bike stuff and art stuff fully until about two years ago. And there was a, there was a lot of years where a lot of my bike friends didn't even know I was in involved in visual art at all. I didn't talk about it. I didn't promote it. I didn't yeah. show anybody cause it was something that was totally m mine, you know, and to keep something that's just yours, that's just for you. That's just for your satisfies those creative drives. Uh, that's cool. You know, yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 but you have to maintain a discipline because it's too easy to just like fall into those old habits. It's I, true. I think it's so. true. And th yeah, I mean, just to close the conversation on social media, I think as, as empty as I'm finding it lately, it's still kind of there and I go to it reflexively and then I just close it. Cause I'm like, there's no, this is not interesting. Yeah. But it is like, it's hard to change those habits. You know, like if I pour a cup of coffee, I will often fire up Instagram and I'm like, eh, eh, maybe I'll just drink coffee. Maybe I'll yeah. just think about how this coffee tastes. Yummy. Yeah. Yummy is the answer. <laughs> and, 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 and uh, you know, I don't know, watch a, watch a movie or like watch a documentary. If you're going to be, if your attention is going to be focused on something, mm. And you want your mind to, you want to kind of lose yourself in fantasy or something. Uh, mm. Something that that holds your attention is definitely a, I think, a healthier place to put it than this. Like, it's just it's like hamster wheel, flick, flickering yeah. images, none of which you remember at the end of the day. Anyway, except there's one that my that Corey Blackwood sent to me the other day, and it's it's like a pit bull or like a French terrier. It's some kind of a dog, and it's like looking at a sprinkler head and it says you <laughs> where the dog is and then the sprinkler head says cock and the dog attacks the sprinkler head with such ferocity and it is it's the funniest thing i've ever seen on instagram and it's i look at it probably i just have it saved so i probably look at that 15 times a day and i laugh <laughs> every <laughs> just laugh every time he goes he goes after that cock he loves it he sure so, does i've uh, seen let's it do some, sure uh, does. let's do some uh, music picks of the week let's do it what do you have uh, i have um i have jd mcpherson uh and the record is let the good times roll jd mcpherson is from oklahoma and he was a, like a middle school art teacher for a while uh before and he had been in punk bands when he was a teenager and then he you know he went to college or whatever and became a middle school art teacher before getting back into music and the music he makes is like it's like 50s rock and roll kind of music it's very sort of it's like right it's like Chuck Berry, Buddy Holly. It's very um, rootsy. And he is a screamer. He has an amazing voice. And it is a very, it's a left field record for me in that that's not, that's not really a genre that I pay any attention to. But I, I have enjoyed this record so, so much. And he, there was, I think there was a record before it called Signs and Signifiers. And there's one or two records after. But I think this one captures really the the perfection hmm okay it's a lot of reverb a lot of stand-up bass a lot of shuffling drum and and then just screaming i've heard the name and i know that i've stumbled across his offerings mm. uh you know on youtube or whatever but i don't think it's nothing it's never been anything that that hooked me and dragged me in um, and you know, it's one of those things sort of, what was the band that you were saying? Like, Oh, Zeke, you said that, you, yeah. you know, you'd always heard Zeke, you'd always heard of Zeke, but you never really listened to Zeke. Right. Um, and JD McPherson is sort of, is sort of like that for me, I think like always on the periphery, but never, never an item of focus. Yeah. I, I have enjoyed this record a lot. I get that. 
I get that. And I think it's one of those ones, I think uh, my wife listened to it first and I kind of overheard it from her. And at first I was like, oh, okay, this guy's making like rootsy, rootsy rock. It's, it's an, it's, it's okay. Uh, but then over a period of listens, it really drew me in. Uh, and I enjoy listening to it quite a bit. And I think it's, I wanted to throw a curveball into the mix uh, having chosen Lightning Bolt last week and some other yeah. pretty loud stuff, this is a different kind of thing. It's a thing uh, definitely more accessible to most people. Okay. Oh, and that reminds me. So uh, last week we talked about Lightning Bolt and Robot swore up and down that he'd sent me this video uh, and that I knew who Lightning Bolt was. And I was contending that I had never seen this video and that he must have sent it to somebody else. And immediately after we recorded, he sent me the video again. And within like one and a half seconds of opening it, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. (laughs) (laughs) Did you post that video on your site? Probably. Yeah. (laughs) Just short attention. Short attention span theater, man. Yeah. Um, My music pick of the week. Uh, I was gonna, I've been listening to, uh, the 2013 Red Fang album, Whales and Leeches. And I just, I, it's such an incredible record. And I kind of like, I listened to it a lot when it came out and I didn't listen to it again for a long time. And I think that it's just musically, it is probably their best album. Like it is just every track is fucking gnarly and deep and, and, um, textural uh but then i decided not to pick that record this week so oh good yeah the record i i was i have been listening to since it came out and it never gets old and i love it so much i love the dudes in the band i have become i've been very fortunate to have become friends with them over the years um but it's the last record that gaytheist put out called how long have i been on fire and uh, oh. it is, in every sense, a perfect rock record. And Nick, I mean, everybody in the band is super great, but the drummer, Nick, is a, he's a force of nature. And if you ever, ever get an opportunity to see him, you, you, won't, you won't be sorry. They, they, it's just, they're unbelievable. They're unbelievable. And that record, it's just, it's, it's, it's perfection. So, What's the name of the record again? Uh, what is it? I don't remember now. Cause like, uh, how how long have I been on fire? How long have I been on fire? Gaytheist. Yes. Have you heard it? I I've not listened to that record beginning to end. Oh my goodness! My consumption of Gaytheist is usually in mixes. Mm. I find them intriguing. I find them intriguing because I don't I don't think they like when I. It, you see the name Gaytheist, I, I expect, I don't know, they don't match their name in a way. They're much more rock and roll and, uh, I don't know, they're less over the top, but more over the top. I'm not explaining myself well, but. Jason said they were going to call themselves Fagnostic, but then they thought better of it and just went with Gaytheist. <laughs> Uh, and Jason, this vocalist is a total, just a dear human. And he's kind of, you know, very unassuming. He looks like a middle school science teacher. He wears bow ties and pork yes. pie hats and, and for those fucking, I don't know, he wears like weird, like an array of old man hats. And, uh, and he's just, he's just brutal. They're just brutal. And that record, I listened to it relentlessly when it came out and I just every day all day every day every commute it was always playing and uh and then I put it away for like a month and a half or two months and I decided I'm just gonna I'm gonna give myself a break on this and 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 then just see you know maybe in the back of my head I thought I'm gonna revisit this and see what I think about it after having listened to it so much when it came out and every time I put it back on I love it as much as I did the first time I heard it. And that never, that rarely happens. Like I get tired of it or I get used to it, or there's, there's a degree of familiarity, which kind of maybe lessens the impact of it, but it just, 
I think it's a fucking amazing. It's an amazing record. All right. So there, there we go. There we go. Um, do we want to take a break? Yeah, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back before you know it. Oh, hey, it's story time with Steve. When I was eight or nine years old, my mom and dad bought me my first BMX bike. It was a JCPenney Free Spirit. And in time, I went on to put some nice accessories and components on it, like a tough neck stem and CW bars, which just made it sort of the embodiment of putting a nice frame on a shitty painting. One day I was hanging out at the local bike shop, which during the winter was a ski shop. It was a little tiny place run by this guy named Andy. And one day he gave me a 10 inch long die cut Shimano sticker. It was blue. I didn't really know what Shimano was or anything about it, but I put it on my top tube and immediately made the bike 150% cooler. It was around that time that I probably became a lifelong Shimano guy. Like I said, we'll be back before you know it. So today's episode, it's the 68th episode of this cursed project. Uh, call it, it's uh, the million dollar question. Yeah. Um, this episode, <laughs> I love this part is <laughs> about what we do. If somebody gave us a million dollars to run our websites, our various enterprises, our, you know, interests, etc. Uh, this part, this, this comes, uh, from a part in the clown car episode a couple of weeks ago when we spent about 45 minutes complaining about how the bike industry keeps us in relative poverty but that we're still okay with it because uh, we'd rather make less money and do fun shit than make more money and be sad. Uh, well, if there is an angel investor or other rich idiot out there who wants to sink some hard-earned cash into a couple of real winners, this is what we'd do with the dough. Yeah, this is okay. what we'd do with it. Yeah, I like this. I mean, it's this is like when you're a little kid and you draw dream houses and you have like fireman's poles and you have slides and trap doors and, you know... Yeah, I, I would do. I would do. I would have a house with fireman's poles and trapdoors and slides. That's one thing I would do if I was independently wealthy. Yeah, uh, I think. I think during the episode that I was listening to when I came up with this idea, you said if I had more money, I'd do exactly the same thing, but more drugs. <laughs> That's very clever of me. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I was like, well, actually, what would we do? What would we do? Daniel, Daniel Wakefield Paisley uh, from the, uh, what's his enterprise called? Oh, my God. Adventure Journal. He and I have talked about this a lot because, ironically, and I guess, I mean, we, we've been in kind of lockstep with each other for a long time. When he was getting started, uh, he started kind of the whole Rafa USA vibe. Uh, before I'd ever heard of Rafa, he's like, Hey, you want to, we make like really nice wool clothing and we're going to give you these badass bikes. We're going to do these continental, like these gentlemen rides. And I was still working at Santa Cruz at this point. So this is like early two thousands and I was trying to get Swobo up and going again. So I was like, I got my focus over here. I'm going to do Swobo. You do this Rafa air quote, whatever it's called project. And then he built the brand up in America while I was, you know, simultaneously ham fisting my way of like elevating, re-elevating Swobo. And I got home the day that they invited me not to come to work anymore. I got home and Daniel <laughs> called me and he was like, I just got shit canned from Rafa. And I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> I just got shit canned from Swobo. Um, and so we started talking about, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, I, I want to, you know, I want to start my own project. And and he's done his he's done his thing and I've done my thing and he's traveled the world and shot all kinds of bike races and he, you know he's had a pretty good existence but he also has a family to to finance and I don't have mm. any of that but we always talk about what would you do how would you do things differently and I think I think it's a fun it's a fun fantasy to entertain Yeah I I I obviously cuz I wrote the notes I put a little bit of thought into it and I think the answer for me is I would just pay all my friends to do the awesome stuff that they do. You know, like, I think this podcast is what I would do, but on the very smallest scale. 
smaller than how is that possible? No, no, no. I mean, like that where we're at now is the smallest scale. If I had more money, uh, you and I, like, you know, I joked with you recently that somebody should pay us to go do cool bike rides oh. and and video uh, and shoot video on that. Except that the trick would be that neither of us is ever riding a bike in any of the videos. (laughs) But I'd love to do some kind of like travel adventure project. Uh, uh, You know, kind of garbage travel. I envision lots of videos of walking around 7-Elevens, shopping for delicious foods. Stealing Um, chocolate footballs and rolls of lifesavers. That's right. That's right. Hijinks like that. I would just and I would there are so many people whose work I like and admire and I would love to hire them to work for Cycling Independent. Uh, most of them are good at what they do, so I can't afford them now. Yeah. yeah. But um, you'd build a media empire is what you're saying. I don't know about an empire, but I would just do more a hell of a lot more of what we're already doing with a lot more different people. And I think I would. If there were more money, I would probably publish more um, unconventional content. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think uh, Antonio Colombo is a pretty, he's a pretty cool example of, uh, Antonio Colombo owns Chinelli in Columbus. And, uh, he is a good example of somebody in the bike industry who does a bunch of cool shit with his money that doesn't necessarily involve bikes. I mean, it does because it's him and you know, he owns these two historically significant and, you know, like legacy brands. And, um, my friend Wakeman Massey introduced me to him years ago and he's like, Oh, you're going to love Antonio. Like he's this like old kind of edgy, Italian dude and instead of making fanzines like you do he publishes fucking cool books like little books little editions of uh, photos of Volkswagen vans or black and white punk rock flyers or like you know just makes these cool things just to just to make them you know and I don't think and he collects art he has these amazing galleries he told me one one time that he would like it it's funny because if he had his uh, druthers, if he had his way, I think druthers, that's the word. If he had his way, he would just, he would just do art stuff. You know, he's mm. like, he's like, oh, well, you know, the bike industry, this whole Chinelli Columbus thing. That's just, that sort of supplements my art addiction. Wow. Mm. Fuck. That's great. <laughs> you know, it, it's just like, he's just on a different level than we are. Cause we say, well, if we had money, we would you know, kind of do the same thing, but we would always have this, this is kind of a, be a care, be careful what you wish for kind of a situation. Cause, cause if you, if you get what you want, you, you don't, you don't stay hungry. So you find this, this other thing sure. that where you can be hungry because the hunger, the hunger is the drive. The hunger is the inspiration. The hunger is the excitement as, as daunting as it can sometimes be. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. I mean, I think this was, I was having this conversation with someone. Oh, we did a, we did a TCI Friday on cycling independent a few weeks back about like, if you could download one bike skill matrix style, you know, would you, and what would it be with the, with the full knowledge that just being able to do something isn't exciting What's exciting is learning how to do it. Like the, the, you know, the, not to be dorky about it too late. Uh, (laughs) you know, the process is what's great. Like, like if you're trying a new skate trick, you don't want to just get it first try. I mean, okay, it'll be a cool trick, but that is much less satisfying than battling with it for hours or days or weeks and then getting it right. That's, I guess that's kind of, work ethic you you appreciate the the culmination of all of this effort because it took the effort you know if i had if i wanted for nothing my entire life there would be nothing exciting about it i 
have in mind an example. I, I can't really dis I can't really for uh, disclose my relationship to this person or how I or who they are or how I have any of this information. But there's this man in San Francisco who's extremely wealthy and he has three kids. And I don't know much about one of his children, but I know enough about two of them to know that they have lived a life totally devoid of inspiration because they never had to, you know, this is like the, the amount of money that this family has. These people could be superheroes, you know, mm. like they could be, they could be Batman and yeah. it, it's preposterous amounts of wealth. And they couldn't, they just couldn't figure out what they wanted to do. And, um, and I kept thinking, you know, you could like, what do you, do you like record stores? Open a record store. Do you like youth hostels with skate parks in the basement? Open one of those. Do you like record stores with youth hostels and skate parks in the basement? <laughs> Open one of those. You know what right. I mean? Like you could do, right. you could do anything and not having inspires drive. I, I think for me, I think I mean, that's, that's how it's I always think that's been. Right. I usually, I I have often said because sometimes in the bike industry you encounter someone who doesn't have to work but wants to do bike stuff. Mm -hmm. And what I always say about them is people who don't have to work tend not to. Yeah. Without without the need without the need there's not much motivation. Like you can get excited about a project, but can you sustain that? Because actually you need the income from it. Is it's again, it's a, that's a tricky balance because if I didn't have to, if I didn't have to work, would I, would I, I always say if I, if I had a, a windfall, I would continue doing what I do because I really sincerely love it. But if I didn't have to do it, would I continue? I think, I think I would because making stuff has always been a part of, it's in my DNA. Um, but certainly like you, any time I've been in a situation where I become reliant on a thing, I become resentful of the thing. Uh, if I have a job, I have to go to this place. And even if I like the job, I have to be there. Because if I don't, I can't afford to pay rent or I can't afford to buy groceries or pay my bills. And having been in on a limited capacity, um, like my, my sole existence, my, my entire existence has become the thing I need to rely on to make a living. And sometimes I just don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to paint. I don't want to write. I don't want to do this stuff. And the, the saving grace has just been diversification. So if I, you know, like technically going out and riding a bike or going and skating or going and playing remote control cars or going to punk shows or making fanzines or whatever, that becomes a part of my livelihood. And, and that's manageable for me. But if it's one thing, um, regardless, you know, I made a living just selling paintings for a while and I became resentful of having to do the thing regardless of how much I loved it. Because if I yeah. didn't, I was fucked. And yeah. I don't like being, you know, nobody puts baby in a corner. <laughs> I put myself in a corner. That's the, I mean, that's the upshot of that. No, I think that sounds right. Which is why I say if, if I had a million bucks to do it, I... I would keep doing it. It would just look a little differently. Mm -hmm. Like right now I create a, a too large a percentage of the content for the cycling independent. And a lot of it I like to do, but it's too much. It's too much for me. And it's too much for, it's too much for the people who consume it. Um, I would really love to diversify it. And there's so many cool people that doing cool stuff that I'd like to get involved, but I'm not going to have people involved and not get paid. I don't think that's great. There's so many, there's so many opportunities to do shit for exposure in the bike industry. It kills me. Oh, you mean work for free? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Every time I see like, Hey, do, do design our Jersey and you, and you get the USA cycling to this thing where they were like, design our Jersey and we'll give you a Jersey and you'll see your work on, on people's backs. And I'm just like, oh, fucking just write a goddamn check. 
Right. You know, hire a designer. There are so many talented designers. So what I did is I uh, photoshopped a, a coiled turd on the jersey <laughs> and I sent that to them. Yes. Uh, nobody got back with me. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. They um, weren't going for a poop theme that year? Guess not. But weird. there's, yeah, I mean, pay, it, it, stop, stop saying that this is going to be good exposure. That's one thing that I would, I would encourage anybody in the bike industry, peripheral to peripherally to the bike industry, anything don't, don't not pay, just write a check. You know, it's silly. It's, I mean, even if you can't pay very much, at least have the respect for the person's work to offer a pittance. Yeah. Well, Christian Cooper and I've talked about this a lot. There's, you know, you're like, he's a, he's a super talented designer. And if you've got some company coming after like some kid that just graduated from art school and they say, Hey, you want to, you know, you want to do a run a skateboard graphics? Uh, we'll give you some decks and the kid's going to be over the moon because it's going to get their foot in the door. But it's really like this chain of, of, of makers. Uh, it's only as strong as the weakest link. So you've got, nine designers or nine artists or nine writers or whatever. And they're holding strong and saying, no, absolutely fucking not. I'm not going to do this thing unless you pay me. And then you have the 10th person be like, Oh yeah, no sweat. I'll do it for free. And then the whole thing falls apart. I was thinking about this the other day. I was thinking because the, the world is full of art. The world is full of design. You go by a barber shop, somebody designed the sign. Sure. Some, you know, everywhere you look, there are designed things. There are pictures. There are words that have been crafted. And the world just expects all that. Just expects it. And I wonder if we could get, like, every person who makes that stuff to just go on strike for a month and watch the world go gray and quiet. That's going to be so much repair to be done after that, though. What's the Scott? Oh, he's a designer in Portland. Scott Drapel. I'm getting his name wrong. Big dude with a beard. He's a really brilliant designer. Oh, the big dude with the beard in Portland. Yeah, that guy. But he does this rant about Blippo Bold. He's like, he sees this, he's out in a, on Route 66 or something where, you know, like historically there have been really cool hotel signs and restaurant signs and stuff. And there's, but there's this hotel, I guess there, maybe it was in California or maybe it was in Oregon or whatever. And he's talking, he, he, there's this video of him like going in and, and sort of not berating, but like sort of lamenting the fact that the proprietors of this business just got this, like, like, you know, you check a couple of boxes, send it to the sign company and they come back with this sign rainbow hotel in blippo bold and he is just infuriated (laughs) that they are you know it's like the dumbing down of aesthetics nobody gives a shit about how anything looks anymore right so if all of the artists when you go to the italian the italian cultural festival and domino's pizza is the sponsor (laughs) (laughs) um if 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 all mark if all makers and all artists and everybody like boycotted and said yeah just go for it it's just going to make it's going to make everything dumber that much much more quickly and then there's going to be a bunch of damage control uh well man. we'll all be very busy with the cleanup i'm so i'm so bummed that i can't I'm scott draper scott drapel you're draper? not you're not helping me with this i'm not cuz only one of us can be on the phone googling at a time otherwise God. the whole Damn fucking uh, jalopy of this thing goes off the road. Further my memory, off the road? My All right. memory is just abhorrent. Question two. Okay, forget about work in your business. What if you won a billion dollars in the lottery? What do you do now? Uh, put some in the bank. Donate a lion's share of it. You know, I wouldn't have to worry. I'd pro- oh, and then I'd probably, you know, buy a house with trapdoors and fireman poles. Oh, that's a good thought. But maybe I'd probably have a heater, you know, a nice <laughs> studio. I'd have a I'd have a, a little shop space so I didn't have to put my wet bike in the bathtub so as to not fuck up my house. I mean I would live I would live slight incrementally more comfortably than I am currently. 
So you get a billion dollars. You set aside how much for you? Um, you know, I give my parents some. Uh, I probably put a, I don't know. I mean, I could live off the interest, really comfortably live off the interest of a million dollars. All right. So you're going to give your parents a million. You're going to keep a million. And then the rest goes to give my sister a million and probably, oh, yeah. you know, donate to arts organizations. I donate to animal uh, shelters and animal rescues. I don't know. I, pr I think I'd probably hire a financial advisor, um, somebody who could just kind of like sit on this. Oh, I would get my website rebuilt. Uh, I've only been working on a rebuild of the store for a, a, about a year, I guess. And I'm <laughs> absolutely nowhere further along i'm i've looked for designers to work with i can't find an admin who like you know who is i don't need you 24 7 but i do need a little bit of assistance periodically and i'm just kind of you know i do i'd like kind of up my business i'd up my game a little bit probably like mm. develop some new cool product that i instead of you know, I make a hundred koozies and then the money that I make from the koozies, then I make, you know, 200 books and buttons. And then with the money I make from that, like it's, just, it's I'm just kind of like spend my existence robbing Peter to pay Paul. Robbing koozies to pay buttons. So I probably would, you know, I would, I would continue to make cool stuff that I believe in and publish more books, you know? I'd make more stuff. I'd support my friends who make art who I love. Yeah, I think that to me, that is the million dollar question. The billion dollar question, I think you just have to give it all away. Well, we've, you and I've talked about that before. And you said, you know, because you've got kind of tend to have kind of an addictive personality, you would probably get into more trouble than it was worth. I mean, just even going down the rabbit hole of you, okay, you have basically limitless money. What do you do? I mean, my brain just shut down yeah. and like a little blood trickled out my nose. I just yeah. think uh, a billion, can you cure a disease for a billion? I would, if I would write to all the disease people and I'd be like, hey, is any of your diseases <laughs> for sale for a billion dollars? Yeah. And whoever was like, yeah, we could we could get rid of our disease for a billion. I'd be like, OK, let's wipe that one off the board. And then I'd be the guy that um, financed uh, no more uh, genital herpes or something like that. Definitely go through like GoFundMe pages and just be like, boom, thousand dollars for you. Boom, thousand dollars for you. Boom. thousand. I mean, I could do that all day long because I that do. I fun. tend to do that anyway, but I can't afford a thousand dollars, you know. <laughs> Have a dollar. I can do, I can do 50 here. I can do 50 yeah. there. I've came across, uh, it was a mutual friend of a mutual friend of a friend of mine posted a thing about this woman who's a tattoo artist in Portland that I came across yesterday who was horribly brutalized by this man in her apartment. And he stabbed her a bunch of times and then set her apartment on fire, burned all of her stuff, burned her cat. And she's like, she can't tattoo. She's in, you know, critical recovery. And so the best thing I could do for her was give her a little bit of money. I don't know who this person is, but I absolutely have to help however I can. I mean, it seems like it was in such a fucked up situation in reality. I mean, such a fucked up reality um, where I'm just constantly like throwing money at, at people. And I don't have I don't have any money, but I can't, you know, what what extra money I have. Or I'm not paying for, you know, dental care for myself or whatever. Like I have to give it to these people, but we're, we're all just kind of keeping each other afloat. And that drives me totally insane. That's the basic plot line of grapes. John Steinbeck's the grapes of wrath, which is my favorite novel of all time. And it's, and then the idea is that, you know, who takes care of poor people? The best is poor people. Mm -hmm. Not to say that I'm poor. That's not I would not say I would not make that claim for a second. I'm, I, in, comparatively, I mean, I have something. I have a roof over my head, but you know, yeah. comparatively, again, comparison is a thief of joy. I'm doing okay. Yeah, let's, I'm let's doing okay enough that I can throw some dough at you know towards a woman who is recovering in a hospital after a horrible, uh, near attempt on her life. You know, so yeah, it's crazy.
Uh, Scott Aaron Draplin. That's the guy. Just Google Aaron Draplin Blippo Bold, and you can see one of the best rants on like design and a, the the death of aesthetics in America. So there we go, Aaron Aaron Draplin. Um, we'd give all of our money away. What's well, question three? We're all like closing in on an hour. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Okay. Question three is the would you rather? Yeah. And this week's question is. Would you rather only be able to receive nutrition from hot dog flavored Jello, or only be able to receive hydration from human breast milk? Human breast milk. The hot dog flavored Jello. Thanks sounds, for listening to Revolting. Hot dog flavored Jello <laughs> sounds terrible. Uh, years and years ago, um, my friend Molly had just given birth to her daughter, and she asked me if I wanted to try some breast milk and. I hadn't had any breast milk since I was a baby. So I was like, yeah, sure. You know, why not? You only live once. Shot some in a cup. And I was like, hmm, that's not bad. <gasps> you know, I mean, it just tastes kind of like watery, sweet, half and half. That's kind of what it tasted like to me. There must be uh, cocktails in Portland. I feel like in Portland you could get hu- human breast milk cocktails. <laughs> well, I think the challenge to getting only to o- getting all of your hydration from human breast milk is that it's not that easy for a 50-something-year-old man to obtain. Well, okay. You didn't say that I had to, like, go fend for myself. I don't, I, just don't, I don't have jugs of this in my refrigerator. So I have to go find someone who's breastfeeding and then buy the milk. Actually, you know what? It, it is. There are people who sell breast milk. I know that there are. I'm just saying that that, that requires some effort. Versus making hot dog flavored jello. You just have a bowl. Your whole refrigerator is full of bowls of um, beautifully set hot dog flavored jello. That's all I eat. Yep. Or I can eat anything I want and I would would have to maintain hydration with breast milk. That's correct. Yeah, I'd I'd go with breast milk. God, I thought this was... I like sandwiches... I like steamed broccoli with cheddar cheese on them. I like kale salad. You there's, like there's steamed no way broccoli that, with cheddar cheese? Yeah, there's no way I could get away with. I couldn't. I couldn't survive solely on hot dog flavored Jello. There's no mm. way I would. I would absolutely end myself. <laughs> but if it's like you know, I gotta find. I gotta find a source for breast milk, and then hopefully I can kind of culture. Or cultivate a relationship with them so that they're my supplier or i find a few people wasn't there there was something there was like a, a big push in like in bodybuilding circles or something a few years ago where people were drinking breast milk because they were sure that there was this like super protein or some elevated nutrient in it that helped them yeah it's a thing for sure god humans are fucked we really well, are Bizarre. Is that is that worse than drinking cow milk? No, I mean, we're not. We're not supposed to drink cow milk. We're supposed, you know, it's like breast I, milk is. I'm not going to argue with anything you say. I think my assertion that humans are in our behavior. It's curious. Oh, it's so curious. But we're right, always well, we're always trying to find the 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 magic elixir you know what i mean we're always like i think we are driven since don corleone found the fountain of youth we're always driven to find that thing that's gonna give us an edge that's gonna make us live longer run faster jump higher whatever and you know somebody believes the human breast milk is the thing what if Someone told you, someone you really trusted told you that eating hot dog flavored jello would make you 10% healthier and 10% happier, but you had to eat just hot dog flavored jello. Would you go for that? Or were you like, no, no, because it absolutely wouldn't make me happy to lose <laughs> the ability, like lose the ability to eat food that I loved. And but it's a guaranteed 10% improvement is what I'm saying. No. No, I wouldn't do it. The hot dog flavored Jello sounds terrible. I know that's the point of the hot dog flavored Jello. But it's not. That's not worse than breast milk. If Just I had a million dollars, I would sell 
revolting podcast brand hot dog flavored jello. <laughs> it's it's a no brainer. You you would you would go with hot dog flavored jello over breast milk? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't, no, but I have to wouldn't. argue the other side. No, you don't. Not in this one. This is uh this was a pretty good one and I appreciate your effort. Uh, uh no, but it wasn't. Anyone, anytime I, you say the "Would you rather" and the other guy, and the other one goes, "Oh, human breast milk." It can't be a good one. Uh, I got some. I got some bangers. I came up with some good ones last night, so uh, I might like unload all three on you uh, next week, or I might trickle them out in the coming weeks. But I got some good ones. We, in I'm the excited chamber. about next week's uh, episode. Yeah, we got a. We got. We're changing the format up a little bit. Yeah. One time, it's a special, a revolting podcast, not Christmas special. Yeah, Matt Pike might actually be in the studio. Oh, that'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> Get his man boobs uh, on, on mic. <laughs> uh, okay, having said all that, thanks for listening to Revolting. If you liked it, subscribe to the Cycling Independent. That's how we keep the lights on. So on behalf of the Revolting Podcast and Cycling Independent, I'm Steve. And I'm Robots. Take care.